It's Randalicious. Welcome to the SEO Rand. I am your host, Morty Overseen. You might know me better as Wicked Sub SEO Branding, but I'll remind you that this podcast has nothing to do with that. This is pure unofficial Morty Magic and Morty Mania for official Morty Magic and Morty Mania. Check out the Strips Up podcast that I do with Crystal Carter at wix.com slash SEO slash learn. Find the podcast there. There's another part of the URL afterwards. I totally forgot. It's probably podcast. I don't know. Anyway, I should probably know that, right? Uh, SEO Rant typically comes out on Thursdays, so look for it each week. I totally went in reverse order. Where can you find the SEO Rant? You can find it where you find podcasts. That was great. We're done with that. Oh, also the SEORant.com on Twitter at SEO Rant and so forth and so forth and so forth. Anyway, for your listening pleasure today... She's a cycling enthusiast. She's basically cycled all over. She cycles to Brighton from France. That's well, crazy. Why not? What's that? Why not? I, I don't know. This I never tried absolute... it before. Is that far? No. It seems far. It seems very far. Everything's relative. So it's two the... different countries. Yeah, but they're right next to each other. I mean, there's water in the middle, but. You cycle over water? Oh, my. She is SEO Jesus. <laughs> she works as a product marketing manager at Oncrawl. She's Rebecca Verbal. How are you? Good. Thanks for the intro, Marty. You're I don't think I can match you in in speaking speed, but we'll see what we can do. I'm from New York. It's a disease. Yeah, I'm from South Jersey. Oh, that's also a disease. I'm sorry, yes. just kidding. <laughs> there's, a, there's there's an obligatory New York like, oh, you imagine you're from Jersey? I must slam that. That's why I had the South, just in case. Right, that's true. By the way, that South Jersey is beautiful. So my wife's in Baltimore, and we used to drive down to Baltimore all the time. And to get to Baltimore, you have to drive through. North Jersey, which is basically like driving through an oil refinery and a highway. And, yeah. And like you get to pass, you know, the old giant stadium. Well, now it's MetLife Stadium, whatever. Great. Uh, and then there's South Jersey, which is beautiful. There's well, trees. It's just a big pine forest. Yeah. Hu- human beings without third eyes and forehands. Yeah. Kind of scary. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, enough about New Jersey. Because today we're talking about language and search and SEO and language and words and languages and SEO. Something like that, yeah. Um, hopefully, if you get through all of this, you'll have some language and some search and we'll be able to do something interesting with that. Wait, wait, before we get going, actually, um, we forgot to talk more about bicycles and the, the bicycling to, to Brighton from, from France. Yeah, so um, a couple of years ago, I guess two, one about a year ago, I guess, um, said, let's bike up from Bordeaux to Brighton. Um, my boss was kind of like, well, how long is that going to take you? I said, about a week. Said, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Try starting from Paris. So we did that in a day. Um, you so you can bike from Paris to Brighton in a day? Pretty much. There's a ferry wow. in the middle. So you can bike up to the coast and then oh, take the ferry cool. the next morning. Oh, nice. Um, so it's about 200 kilometers, which is a bit more than most people will bike in a day. So it's like 160 some miles. I mean, honestly, that's more than I'm biking. 130 some miles. Really? I don't have a bike anymore. I mean, I mean I just, okay. like, I don't, but that doesn't go anywhere. No, it doesn't. No. Um, but so the, the whole idea behind that at the moment is to sort of make that more accessible to other people. Um, I think there are multiple reasons why it's a really good idea to bicycle. One, it makes people happy. Bicycles are just like happy machines. They are happy machines. So There's something childlike about a bicycle. Yeah. So we want to shorten the distance, um, get more people doing it, give them another incentive to do it other than just like get on a bicycle and make a physical effort and then go to a conference. Um and it's a great way to decompress afterwards. So after your brain has just been fried by 
meeting all of the excellent people and listening to all of the things that they have to say, coming home and just processing that while riding on the way home is just a, a great way to do that. Um, so we've had a lot of support from Brightness Yo. We've had a lot of support from On Crawl. We've had actually support from a lot of other people in that range. We're kind of struggling to get more, more people involved. Um, so, so if that even sounds vaguely interesting, but not necessarily for the 200 kilometers, we'll make that a lot shorter next time. Can I go just for the ferry ride? Yeah, sure. Okay. Join us, join us in Dieppe. Um, join us for the ferry ride. And then that leaves us about like 40 minutes from Brighton oh, by I bicycle. Can, I, I can bicycle. You can just minutes. like meet us at the other side of the ferry. And yeah, and just bicycle. Bike over. Yeah, oh, that's, that's that's great. And there uh, there are render bikes in Brighton, aren't there? Like I, I think there are. I, I and if I'm... you really don't feel like going to the ferry and then back, you can actually take a train to where the ferry comes in and then oh, bike back. Look at that. Yeah, really easy way to do it. Do you have a link you could share with us? Um, I will share that to you afterwards. Yeah, let me yeah, the, put, uh, yeah. Listen, look, folks, look in the show notes for the link. Sounds good. Awesome. And now let's get to our topic. Um, I think, Morty, when I'd written to you um, about this subject, I think I said something about using language with search is going to talk about a lot of things in SEO and that language sort of represents, con is how you represent concepts and make statements about them. And I was thinking about that last week and going, you know what, that is a really incomplete and machine-oriented definition. But it sounds really deep when you say it like that. Mm, maybe <laughs> um, because that, that works when you're talking about a machine so like a search engine but like when we're using language here we're actually communicating so i'm transmitting an idea and you're responding to it whereas that's not really what i expect a search engine to do if right. i'm speaking to it I'll, I'll be honest with you i don't expect it with most people either but anyway <laughs> okay let's lower the bar a little bit then <laughs> Okay, this might be too early in my morning to do this, but that's okay. Um, so I think what interests me with language and search is that we don't necessarily use language the same way as we do when we're speaking to a human being. And yet that seems to be the goal. Um, or at least that's something that Google pushes as a goal. We want people to, to speak naturally to us and we will magically provide you with the answer that you were thinking of. Um, so I guess, the whole topic here that interests me is how do you bridge that gap? And that's that's where how I started you, when I proposed the subject. How do well, you bridge that gap then? That's, what a, by the way, what a great follow-up question. I should have been a journalist. <laughs> you should have. I think you missed your calling. I really did. With questions um, like that. So how do you bridge that gap? Um, Google's done a lot of stuff working on that. Um, and I think that's where you start getting into NLP in search um, because the first step is trying to understand what people have been saying. Um, so when somebody submits a query, is that uh, a word? Is it a word in context? Is it a statement? How do you understand that? And that's essentially Google's job, which is how you get into the problem of keywords. Um, so essentially, as you know, keywords today don't work the same way as they did say 10 years ago, which is probably a fortunate thing for everybody. Uh, I think so. Unless, unless, unless you're just trying to stuff keywords into your page and then not well, create content, then it sucks for you. Yeah. And that's kind of what the problem was, is that if it's a simple string lookup that Google's performing on a large index, 
one that takes forever and two it's really easy to abuse and it yeah. doesn't really represent what people are looking for and sort of to get off topic here um you can see how much google has sort of impacted the way that we search because i was looking for a song the other day and was very irritated when the search engine i was using on a music provider did not autocorrect the misspelling of the artist's name i expect that to be understood yeah so i guess where i'm going with that is that google's pretty good at figuring out what is behind the concepts that we're trying to express. Uh, so there's a lot of machine learning in there. There's a lot of decades of natural language programming, um, processing, uh, working there. But I think what's really interesting there is the sort of leaps and bounds that we've made in the past several, four years or so. Yes. So where Google starts explicitly saying, look, we're using language models to process your queries. We're using language models to serve you results. Um, so that started with, let's talk about Bert. Let's talk about mom. Um, I really want to talk about the helpful content update. We'd love to talk about that. I it's so love. helpful yet. But I think it is. I think, because, I think so too. Okay. Okay. You go first. Um, the What I really think is interesting about the helpful content update is that it's rolled out in English. Um, not in any of the other languages. And even though we know that large language models at the moment are really good at translation, they're much better at translation than pretty much anything else we have at the moment, um, they're only rolling out analysis on content in English. Um, there is the, that difference in the corpus that Google has between English and another language. There is that analysis ability and the ability to check a sort of a black box algorithm's performance in English compared to other languages. And that indicates to me that this algorithm change is a major change. And that there's a period here where you have to check and make sure that its performance is equivalent to what happened before. So yes, it's helpful if we're not seeing huge upheaval that means it's working, which I means totally that agree. in the next year or so, you can tweak it to make it perform the way you want it to. Well, you, when I say you, I mean Google. I'm not tweaking anything, but it's very similar, by the way, to the product review updates are also exactly, and which also, by the way, are going to have to focus on language because obviously the reviewing content, I know that sounds like painfully obvious. But they're doing things like trying to figure out if you actually use the product you're reviewing or not. And you're going to have to use language models to figure out if the language structure matches that. Exactly. And that's really what we've moved from. We've gone from analyzing queries to analyzing what is indexed. Mm -hmm. And that is going to have a huge impact on what gets indexed and what gets ranked. I almost feel like, and this sounds hyperbolic, and I don't mean it in a hyperbolic way but it sounds damn good when you do um, Keywords don't matter. The language no, that matters is everything else. All the, like we as SEOs focus on, okay, the, you know, make sure your keyword is here and your keyword is there. You know, I'm not saying you're trying to overemphasize keywords, but your best practices, the keyword should be there and there and there and there and there. But 
the thing that I think matters to me the most, or I think what I think matters to Google the most is the language structure, the language that's there, how you implement language as a whole throughout the entire page and what you're doing with language on the page and what it means in terms of tone, language structure, what the language implies about what you're saying and what you've actually done or not done, what's not there in the language, all that kind of stuff matters more. And actually what even matters more than that, which is something that we saw explicitly stated with the helpful content update, is not just the page, but the whole site. Right, yes. So yes. we're talking about clusters of pages and websites. So within a single domain or a subdomain. And I'm glad they said that because Glenn Gabe has been arguing with people on Twitter for like ever about this. I love not... watching whatever Glenn says on, I mean, on Twitter. Too, and I love when he has these fights with people about these like ridiculous things. No, it's just Google just ranks pages. They don't rank websites. Have you ever seen an, an algorithm update like wipe out the whole website? Or they just coincidentally, it's all the pages. But anyway, leaving that aside, I'm glad they actually said it because it, for, for the record, as you don't know, Google explicitly said with the helpful content update that it looks at quality. Google's already said this before explicitly, but it's in the, yeah. the update. It's the whole website, which makes sense, by the way, when you think about this, because when a user goes to a page, just from a user's point of view, it makes sense to other point of views also. And they 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 see they find an article through search, and then they see, I don't know, like if they read the article, they're going to go to a product page next, they're going to go to a related article, and the next page sucks. It's just total crap. That also reflects poorly back on Google, which they don't want. This, I really feel like the helpful content update is sort of an extension of eat to the rest of the web. Um, and that's essentially what you're saying, that quality and authoritativeness and trustworthiness are elements that we apply site-wide. They're not linked to a page. They might be linked to an author. They might be linked to a an entity, an, an association, a company but they're not page limited. Uh, and that's another algorithm that doesn't have like specific criteria. They're not check these boxes and you'll be certified to eat. <laughs> wait, so wait, it's not about having an author bio and reviewed by a person with a bunch of letters at the end of their name? Really? Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, I mean, I just add letters to the end of my name now to like show that it's I have VAT. I'm uh, I'm Morty Oberstein, you know, TQR three two one. H. Those are some numbers. Uh, oh, really? Like three is a number? <laughs> I meant the letter three. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I think we're on the same page now. Okay, good. So, like, I I think what Google is trying to get at is that what we've been doing in order to rank in order to be visible inherently affects our quality of the content that we put out there. Um, because you've cited different things, you've cited keyword stuffing, you've cited uh, low quality pages that sort of destroy the trust that you've built up over a single page. Um, I find that uh, sort of review pages that are just a summary of everything else that you can find on the web are very irritating and they multiply. <laughs> can I be honest with you? So I'm recording a podcast. I think is it today? No, it's going to be next week with Crystal for our, our, our Surf's Up podcast on Wix. And the yeah. topic is reviews. And one of the segments that we're doing, it's going to be called, it's probably by the time this episode is out, this the, the podcast I'm doing with Crystal will already long be out, but when we're recording, it's not out yet. One of the segments that we're doing is called like Deep Thoughts. And it's about whether or not these aggregated, aggregated review pages actually have value or not, because Crystal kind of likes them, that she finds them helpful. <laughs> I don't. I like I think. some of them. 
but, but they have to be debate. really, really well done. In general, I, they bother me. As a concept, I first off, different folks, different strokes, a different kind of user looking for different things. Like Crystal and I always have this back and forth. Like I hate listicles. She likes listicles. I like long form content. Oh, she doesn't I like can't long stand form listicles. Content. I can't, right? I f- but I feel like content did... people are like out on listicles. Like, please, never are... again. I feel like I could ask for, if I go look for like a listicle, like say um, five top SEO tips, I will find like 20 to 30 versions of the same article. Same crap over and over and over. And over again, and I cannot, I cannot understand why these publishers. I just time it's on edge of the web. Well, when you're listening They're... to this, I this weeks ago. What are you doing? I get that you're going after the keywords, but like, could you make the content at least like I don't know a little bit better? It's it's so there, thin. <clears throat> there are several things that happen there. One, it's easy to produce. Um, two, it ranks at right, the moment. That's the problem. Yeah, um, and three, it has the potential to provide actual use so if you had like a really pithy uh sank five top um seo uh concepts that would be really useful i wouldn't mind reading that listicles can't be right neither am i but i don't like them in general because Because they're too easy to use Yeah. yeah um and google has the same problem because they want to provide that type of pithy answer uh so how do you get through all the chaff to figure out what the real content is and that's kind of what they're headed for like what do humans consider helpful um what makes a content worthwhile uh so you've got the uh eat you've got the helpful content um you have the move away from keywords which has multiple other reasons to exist as well uh towards queries um and I think with all of that is pushing towards, which is kind of evident at this point, but it's really a semantic web rather than just a text-based web. Um, and that what we're looking through, what Google is constructing is a graph of the web, not an index of web pages. Which makes a lot of sense because that's how people understand things, right? Like if you're going back to like going to trust, for example, sure. you see this all the time, right? You have whatever sports player, like they do something terrible in their lives. They're still a good sports player, but you don't trust them anymore. Like you're, they're out, but you can't trust their ability on the court anymore. No, you don't. I mean, first of all, they should be out from ethical, moral reasons because they're a bunch of jerks. Most of these guys should be out. Um, but you look at them as a whole, you look, I can't rely on you anymore, even though I know you're good at this. Or if you're in, I'm, I'm great at business. I'm very ethical in my business. But I'm a jerk in reality. No, you, they spill over. There's no contextualization is important when it comes to understanding whether someone is reliable or not. And it's one of the greatest ways that we understand information is through con- by contextualizing it. Right. And that's. What's actually really interesting about that is that you have people who are working in NLP, you have people who are working in in NLP for search. Um, I think the first person who comes to mind is Jacob, what's his last name? Um, Uskarite? Sorry, I, I mispronounce his name all the time. U-S-Z-K-O-R-E-I-T. Sounds um, good. Super, Sounds super good. smart guy. Um, but I started reading his patents and search papers. Um 
when he was talking about context in search. So using different elements of time or date or place to contextualize a search query. And now he's like almost exclusively working on like attention-based NLP models. So clearly context and language are related in a search context. Uh, and that's, that's something worth pursuing. But in terms of like, what is context, we're not looking at words anymore. We're looking at back to that definition that we started out with. What is a concept? Um, a, how do you represent that concept to a essentially a machine? And how do you represent the connections between that concept and other ideas? It, you're right. It's it's a corpus. Content is a corpus. Yeah. And the idea that then is when you want to rank something you're not looking to place a keyword as much as you can because it's not that keyword that's going to rank. It's the knowledge about that concept. Correct. That what are, by the way, what are the words you're going to use if you're writing it well and in language that's understandable by people other than your keywords? Like, I don't, what, yeah. what are your other options? Well, you're going to want to use a rich semantic scope Correct. of things that are related to that concept. Exactly. So the more that you talk about that concept in depth, even if that's a short article, um, you can show in-depth knowledge of something without writing 4,000 words. Yeah, and then you can show connection to other pieces of content you wrote that are similar to that or take from a different angle or extend that concept or similar. Exactly. Um, and you don't actually have to link to them. You can cite them. Those are ways to identify other sources of information or further the knowledge about an object or a thing. And that's drastically going to change how we do SEO. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. I I have a theory about this. I want to hear your theory. I call it's not a great theory, but it, it's a theory. It, you're like oh. looking for like a bomb. It's not. It's, it, no, it's but, so plain and so straightforward that like when you but, when you hear it, it's like okay, yeah, that makes like logical sense. But it's not like oh my god, yeah. I never thought of that before. But all change is gradual. It's just when we get to the final point, you're going to go, wow, how do we like stuff keywords back in the day? That makes no sense. How do we go from here to there? Which is kind of my theory, which is that the incentive, the content incentive cycle on the web is broken, right? So Google is only as good at showing quality content as its technology allows it to be. So let's go back 10 years, you had PageRank. PageRank was only able to do X. So it 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 would rank good content, but relative to technology available to it. Which was link based, right? So web creators are looking at us like, okay, like here's what Google's ranking. Let me let me write that. Which then, when people now think like back in the day when you have content on the web and it was really bad, like you know, but you didn't realize it back in the day where people like all of a sudden like got much smarter now. Because that's what web content was. Book content was book content. When you go to a book, you expect it to be much more academic, let's say, than the web content. You go to social – yeah, you see it today. Like social media content is not like an article content. It, it's very different. So the expectation around what web content is was basically the crap that people were creating that Google was ranking. They all are – it's all circular. Right. And this what? actually – this was something I wanted to mention about like AI writing and the Turing test. So are you familiar with the Turing test, which is basically um, it measures a machine's ability to pretend it's a human. Right. So so it passes if you think it's a human. And actually what it measures, because we've seen things pass that you're like, that is not a human. And if you look at old 
things that have passed a Turing test, like in 1970 something ish. Um, you go like, how could you possibly think that that was a human? Like it doesn't even sound human. And I think that's it. What it's measuring is actually sort of the, the limits that we think a machine has. Mm-hmm. So do we think this machine passed that limit or not? And so as we're more and more accustomed to machines that are better at using language in a human-like way, we expect better performance. And I think if we look at some of the AIs that were like, wow, this AI knows how to use language. It's written this amazing story or this amazing web content. Um, we're going to read that in five years and go, what in the world were we thinking? This is worse than a Daniel Steele novel. Uh- <laughs> But Have you read any Daniel Steele novels? Not a word. Uh, I, I don't. I? I have no idea. I don't know either. If you have, you're listening to this, and you're like, no, Morty, Daniel Steele is awesome. Let, let us me- know. I I binge yeah. read pretty much anything, so let me know. I'd be willing to try it out. I, I, but I will you know, put myself out there that I bet it's probably not great. Anyway, although it could be a guilty pleasure kind of thing. And it, might, it. it might be better than some of the stuff we read for work. That's, well, that's that's not saying much. Um, but what I think happens when you have something like this is that it's very slow going. So if you go back to, let's say, I don't know, August 2018 or March of 2018, when Google started these, you know, the new core algorithm updates, I think that's Google saying, hey, let's interject a whole heap of machine learning into the algorithm and let's start doing new things. But that takes a long, long, long time. So now the incentive cycle is broken, meaning Google's technology is way better than it was before. But our perception of it is dip- is not. We still think of Google like it was back in you know 1999. I know Google. I'm I mean, going. in the, the last month, I have heard at least one citation of the 200 Google ranking factors, which made me laugh. I, I see them all the time. You only seen one? Oh well, God! I, bless. I, I try to shelter myself. <laughs> I, I I think I could say this in in public. I was once talking to Daniel Weisberg of Google. It was like the, the ranking factors, like. Everything's different for every query. What do you call ranking factors? Um, I hope I can say that. Maybe I'll edit that out. We'll see. We'll see. But we'll see. But at least you know it now. Um, but what happens is you Google's it's a very slow, subtle change. And our thinking around what Google is doesn't when you, unless there's a fast change, you don't always realize it. So Google's trying to do different things, but content creators are still doing the same thing. Google thinking Google is still the same. If Google, so meaning if Google only had better content to rank, they would. They just don't always have it, in my opinion. Now, what really throws a wrench into all of this is that people have all of a sudden woke up. And I think it's because, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's gone to Congress. Google goes to Congress. Everyone goes to Congress. And people look at like, whoa, maybe I shouldn't trust this shit. And they wake up to the fact that the content on the web is bad. But what they end up doing is blaming Google. Like, Google, you're, Google's like, no, whoa, whoa, we've been on this since, like, 2018. Like, we've been, like, core updates, product review updates. We're on this. But it's slow change, and it hasn't gone fast enough. And I blame, essentially, content creators for not realizing it. And the things that you're saying, I think when you look back in five years, content creators will be like, what? How did I not realize that five years ago? And then people will be like, you know what? Why did I blame Google for that? That wasn't really their fault. It was the people's fault for not creating all that great content. Well, I think there's something else that's also happening. It's the way we use search engines is changing really fast. That's faster another. than we're aware of it. Um, and where we used to just like look up something the way you, when you would go to an encyclopedia and look something up, that was the content that was created for Google for a while. And then there was transactional content. And then there was e-commerce and 
at the moment, we use Google for tons of things. We want extensive answers and we want accurate answers and not just sort of a static Wikipedia-like thing. If that was all we wanted, we'd just have Wikipedia and that would be the web. And I, I think where Google, I think where Google can succeed with that, and I think there's so many points to that, so much to chew on. First off, so say, when people try to compete with Google and they try to beat Google at its own game, you can't win. Like Google's the best at what it does. What people should do is if they want to compete with Google is try something different. In other words, there's a new need in terms of what people are looking for for search engines. And I don't think Google's fully mm-hmm. meaning it yet. And you should do that. Now, what I think Google is trying to do, and I think, I don't know if they'll be successful at it or not, is that I think Mum helps Google, will help Google be able to do a lot of those things because it can it can really parse right. things out and then offer what I'll call like a portal-like experience. You can now break down a topic. Like the, the example I always use is go to Yankees game. What you get now is basically a bunch of places to buy tickets to a Yankees game, but that it's a much richer query than you think it is. I mean, all right, you, there are things like parking. It's a neighborhood safe at night. Can I wear the other team's jersey? Will I get my ass kicked? You will, so don't do that. It's a very rich query, and if Google was able to parse out what go to means in a much richer way and offer all of that on the SERP, that'd be a very layered answer. Right. The question I wonder is if Google is going to be able, because companies have a hard time with this, is moving away from their old model, which is still built on the 10 blue links, to a different kind of model. Will they have the the guts to do it or not? Yeah. And that's that's a hard choice to make. That's a very a hard choice. But you know it works. It works. I don't want to move away from that. But will it there's work? a whole ecosystem built around that. I mean, yeah. we both work in SEO. Clearly, that's a... That, that is the, and I, I yeah. feel like SEOs don't pay enough attention to the ecosystem as a whole. Like when you look at Google as a whole, it is a living, breathing dynamic, so to speak. And it's not just like SEO versus paid search. It's oh, SEO thought. and paid search and entity-based oh, portal and, experiences, as you call them, and discover and news feeds and, 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 and. So one of the things that you just mentioned uh, earlier that I wanted to sort of jump on, uh, possibly as a last thing. Uh, Let me see if I can pull it back up. Uh, Re-indexing. Don't worry. Uh, I can always edit. Yeah. Um, You were talking about um, sort of what Google has in stock and how they pull it up and how they analyze what they have. And part of that is there's a cost to that analysis, the analysis that Google does on its own index. Uh, And to compensate for that cost, which we see increasing notably with mum, um, with different elements that show that they are analyzing their content, the content that is within the index and not just indexing something and then retrieving it later. To compensate for that cost, we're beginning to see echoes of possibly indexing less. Yes. So rather than let's crawl the entire web all the time, multiple times a day, it's let's crawl less, Mm -hmm. possibly let's index less and let's explore our index in a much greater depth. I couldn't agree anymore. A million percent. I think Dan Taylor wrote an article about this recently. Um, I've had discussions about this recently with a lot of people. I've seen it in some of the websites that I follow looking at log lines, just 
crawl behavior is completely different. I've seen it in the past. Like, work with. It, it's very different. And it makes sense, by the way, just logically, it makes sense that if Google's better able to understand content, then it should be pickier and choosier in what it decides to crawl and index. Right. Um, and the way of exploring content and exploring the web is going to be different. It's not just let me go find a homepage and sort of crawl Spread. through the web from the homepage out to the rest of the website and then move on to the next website. It's going to be following semantic links between sites to explore a concept. That's cool. Uh, rather than a website. And so Very if your website is really tight in sense of in the sense of like what it explores, what what concepts it develops, it's going to want to explore the entire website. Whereas if it's sort of disparate concepts that aren't well semantically linked between one another, It'll probably explore part of that and then move on. Yeah. That uh, is, and that's really what we've been seeing. That is a great last point. That's an amazing last point. But no, the actual point there is that people expect Google to crawl a page. You put a page up, you expect Google in the next week or so to at least look at it. And I don't think that's going to be the future of the web. And so if you start by saying, I can't get my pages crawled, what are you going to have to do to get those pages crawled? And then what are you going to have to do to make them worth being indexed? Yeah. And that's going to be a content issue mm -hmm. rather than a technical. Yeah. Let's just or discoverable issue. Right. I mean, they're going to have to be discoverable, but the, the keys that you need to give Google to say, this page is worth exploring are going to have to be more than I linked to it from my homepage. Exactly. It, 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 it's going to be, like a relationship, which I kind of say SEO is kind of like a relationship. You do takes a long time to court somebody. You have to go out for years, whatever it is. So they trust you enough to actually say, you know what? We're with you. We got you. Like you're our exclusive love for the rest of our lives. Obviously, Google is, you know, a little bit of a polygamist because they go a bunch of a whole bunch of websites, not just your website. But it's the same fundamental idea that you don't trust a website. Just like, hey, I crawl the website. Now I trust it. It's a very long term kind of approach. Right. And. For a lot of websites, the I think the future of search is going to be how do I get my website into the game? Not just I put up a website so Google's going to come crawl it because it's on Wix and Wix has, <laughs> has a super in. That's right. We do. But yeah. But no, I would imagine because I'll give you a great example of that actually with that. Maybe we should end here. So with the Wix integration where you can... So it, when you connect through Wix to Search Console, there's a special deal that your homepage gets instantly indexed. But I've seen numerous times over and over again is that once they crawl the homepage, they crawl, they see the rest of the links and they go crawl a bunch of other pages. Not all of them, obviously. But they crawl a bunch right. at one time. Even if Google keeps that deal going forward, I think it'll become much more linear. Meaning they'll yeah, index yeah. the homepage and stop there and then decide, right. okay, like, or they'll go through one pathway, but not spread out as much, whatever, what, however it plays out it will still be different than what, what I see happening now, which is like, okay, we're at the homepage. Like, here's a bunch of other links. Let's go crawl those. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the problem that people put up content. We multiply the amount of content that we produce. Um, we, we don't even want to talk about listicles again, but I mean, they're really easy to make. So let's no, stick up. A, it's good because Google needs thousands of them. incentive to, to stop that. And I think, yeah, the ranking is a very slow incentive that you're not ranking as well or you won't rank, but the crawling and indexing is very clear. Yeah. And I think it's not even necessarily an incentive. I think it's Google saying, look, we, we need to explore our content 
our, our index more deeply if we are going to look at connections between concepts. Um, so what what is the what's the balance that we're looking for? If we have depth, we can't have this breadth. Yeah. And since the breadth of the web is growing exponentially, at some point they're going to have to say, okay, this is here is our limit. Yep. And when there is a cost or a high bar to get your content indexed, that content is going to have to meet certain criteria, which are going to be your new ranking factors, right. but nobody's going to tell you what they are. <laughs> and, on, and on that mysterious note, Rebecca, where can people find you? Uh, you can usually find me on Twitter, at least until Elon Musk cuts it off. No, um, <laughs> Then on at, Mastodon. I'll be on Mastodon after that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, at Reb Robel. Um, or you can find me and at OnCrawl. Um, right. Most of the things that OnCrawl is doing, I'll be somewhat involved in. So feel free to reach out either on Twitter directly or um, you can reach me at Rebecca at OnCrawl.com. And take a look at OnCrawl because it's a great tool. Absolutely. And we've been talking about crawling and indexing. And this is a great way to keep up with that. that. Yeah. Perfect little segue to the audience. Where you find the SEO rant at the SEO rant.com at SEO rant on Twitter, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, where great mediocre, terrible podcasts are found. Look for new episodes, not each Thursday, but most Thursdays. Thank you for listening. Rebecca, thank you for joining us. And this- oh, thanks for having me. And uh, to the audience, 